Hey, this past weekend, we talked a little bit about it in our welcome, but the Lord did some awesome things. He moved in a mighty way. I know in my own heart and a lot of your hearts and your leaders' hearts, we want to hear from you what, what did the Lord teach you during Catalyst? What did he do in your heart? And so I'm going to ask for whoever wants to come up here. Um, we have a mic and just a f- one to two sentences, a quick little snippet of what the Lord did in your heart this past weekend at Catalyst and being able to share that with your peers in middle school ministry. And so if someone's up here, you're welcome to stand here from the side. Um, but I want to open it up for you guys. So whoever would like to come share what the Lord did in your heart at Catalyst. Come on up. So I didn't really know what was so bad about um, being jealous or liking something that somebody else had because I was like, well, I just like that thing, and I, I, I like it. What's bad with that? And I learned that whenever you're jealous, you're saying that you know better than God. You know better than what God wants you to do, and that's not good, so don't be jealous. My name is Cooper Poole, and I really, Catalyst really helped me uh throughout some anger issues that I had through the past and um really just let me learn about God more and just have him to come into my heart and understand that love is stronger than hate. Carlos helped helped me um go through some times of where I know I shouldn't have been doing something and I kept doing it for my own glory and I just decided to stop recently and it really helped me through that. Catalyst helped solidify my faith in Jesus. I, when I became saved, I was only doing it to follow my older brother and I was skeptical and Catalyst helped solidify my faith. I realized that the words coming out of my mouth were really discouraging. Um, and anyone who saw that in my life wouldn't think that I was saved from that. So it's really um, encouraged me and convicted me to change that way and change how I encourage others. I love how he was talking about like insecurities and um, how he compares those to TikTok and Instagram. And it really, he spoke through Daniel to me to not be insecure about myself. Um, for me, I usually find myself comparing myself to other Christians and just saying that I'm not good as them because I don't do this service project or don't pray this prayer. Um, and then other times I find myself judging people because I'm like, oh, I'm better than them to make myself feel better. Um, and Daniel really pointed out to me tonight, or at Catalyst, that um, nobody's perfect and we're all growing and that it's not our job to judge, but it's his. And yeah. Um, so at first I didn't really want to go to Catalyst. Um, but then I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go, and, um, I hadn't been reading my Bible much or praying much, and then I was just like, my eyes opened, and I was like, you know what, it's, it's okay that I didn't do that, it's not right, but, um, it really helped open my eyes that, um, what I should be doing, and really helped me see that. Um, for me, I feel like I became a Christian really young. And so I wasn't reading the Bible or praying as much as I should have. And then, like, I kind of forgot, like, am I doing really what God wants or what I want? So then, like, I started praying more. And at Catalyst, like, I realized I have to secure and bond my relationship more with him. And so I started doing that, and it's been great. 
My name is Nate, and uh, I just wanted to say that uh, uh, what I learned at Catalyst, um, during a small group time, we talked, I think, briefly about uh, people who just aren't really good friends. And uh, um, on Monday, I was talking to these people that aren't good friends, and they're no longer my friends now, because, uh, like, like, I mean, you will find in life that um, you will have these friends that will just make fun of you because you're older than them. Uh, my name's Maddox, and I've been going through some, like, pretty stressful times, mostly because of something that's happening with my mom. And uh, Catalyst just kind of helped me deal with that and be able to just relent. Because I've been, like, saying, thinking and saying some things that I really shouldn't, and Daniel really helped me go through that, and I'm... I think I'm doing better now. I'm trying my best. At Catalyst, it helped me learn that words can actually hurt more than you think. And when you see somebody that hurt, that tries to hurt other people, it could be because they need encouraging words because they've been hurt before. Catalyst helped me with learning how to not t my words to control my words. I had spoken some really hurtful things in my life, and Catalyst really helped me with that. I know so many more of y'all could share different things that the Lord did in your heart at Catalyst. I know for my own life, I could share things that the Lord did in my heart at Catalyst. Um, and it's something that Garrett said, that the Lord really did answer all the prayers that we are praying. And as you wrote down prayers last week for Catalyst, I pray that the Lord answered those for y'all. And you can begin to see what he's doing in your hearts. And it wouldn't just be a weekend that you just came and you heard a great message, but it really would take root in your heart that you would live differently, that we could see that our words do matter. When we see people, it matters how we share love to them. Hey, that we can start reading the Bible and take that seriously. And that is Corey and Morgan and Abby and Garrett and myself's prayer for y'all is that that would be a spark in your heart. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to read about this king that came. It's really unique. I don't want to talk anymore because I want to get out of the way and just let us read the scriptures. But uh, we've been talking about who this king is and what he did. Tonight in Matthew 26, you are going to see the climax, the mountaintop of what Jesus did. I wouldn't say the mountaintop. It's probably the valley of what Jesus did. So we're going to start off in Matthew 26. I got Morgan and Garrett with us, and we're going to read through this as one team. And you can follow along either on the screens or in your Bible. This is after Jesus has completed most of his ministry, and he's approaching into the city of Jerusalem. And uh, this is what he says. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, You know that after, the two, days, after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? 
For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the disciples, keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and began to say to him, one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man to have never been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take Eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping 
And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priest and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus and at once said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the Scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures and of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they they might put him to death. But they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at last two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power, coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? 
Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him up and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elder, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priest and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowds any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. 
So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before them, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right, one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this This man man is called, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry, Morgan. And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. 
There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it be given to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. I want to take a moment before we read. Jesus has just been crucified. He was hung on a cross, and he died. They took his body off the cross, and they have placed it in a tomb. Jesus went through all that we just read because he loves you. He endured the wrath of God because he loves you. Jesus paid for all of your sin and all the punishments of your sin because he cares for you. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest all that had taken place. And when they assembled with the elders and taking counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Awesome. It's Matthew 26, 27, 28. Jesus was the Son of God. The Son of God. Yet he was spit on, he was mocked, he was hit, slapped. Eventually he was scourged, which is a whole thing in its own self, but then eventually it took him to a cross that he had to carry up his own hill and they would crucify him. And Jesus died. Does anyone remember the name of the guy that they let go free? What was his name? Barabbas. What do we know about Barabbas? He was a murderer. He was a notorious gangster. He was, he was a horrible man. Horrible. He deserved the cross more than anyone else. Yet, although we know that Barabbas was an enemy of God and an enemy of the people, what happened to him? He got set free, didn't he? He experienced liberty. He experienced freedom. He experienced grace. He didn't deserve it. He did everything he could to deserve the cross, yet he got to walk away scotch-free. Yet the Son of Man, the Son of God, who is the only one who didn't deserve the cross was the one who went to the cross. Y'all seen this picture? 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Don't miss it. The Son of God was treated as though he were an enemy of God so that we who are the enemies of God might be treated like sons and daughters of God. Y'all see that? Don't miss the good news of the gospel. Don't miss that Jesus endured the wrath of God because he loves you, because he cares about you, and he wants to spend an eternity with you. I have nothing else that I can say up here that would be better than Matthew 26, 27, and 28. But I can call you to respond to what you've just heard. If you're in the room tonight, and for the first time ever, the gospel is making sense. The good news is making sense. That Jesus loves you. That Jesus paid for your sins. I want to invite you to follow him. I want to invite you to be set free like Barabbas. You see, the reason Jesus came to the cross is because every one of us in this room and everyone that was alive when Jesus was there and for everyone for all of eternity has rebelled against God. We are all Barabbases. Yet Jesus wouldn't leave us in our state of sin. 
That's why he came. That's why we read Matthew 26 and 27 about what he endured for us. You see, the wages of our sin is death. The cost of my sin is death. And Jesus says, although you deserve it, I will step in your place and take on the punishment. And he says, and this is why. Because in chapter 28, I didn't stay in the tomb. I rose from the tomb. I have rose from the dead. And I've come to you to tell you, greetings, I'm alive. I'm here. I told you I was going to defeat it. I told you I was going to beat sin. I told you I was the true son of God. And he invites you to follow him, which is so simple. It's simply repenting of your sin, saying, I'm sorry for where I've missed it. I'm sorry for my life of being a Barabbas. I want to no longer be an enemy of God who rebels against God, but I want to be a child of God. I want to follow Jesus with all that I've got. He invites you to repent of the old life and to come into a new life with Jesus. And he invites you to believe. It says in chapter 28, there were people who doubted. Y'all remember that? Don't be a doubter. Be a believer. Hear what Jesus did and say, I want to believe that. And then receive Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life. A lot of people are around Jesus, but not all of them make him Lord. And I'm challenging students, if you want to follow Jesus, you got to make him the captain, the king of your kingdom. And guess what? He will bring his kingdom into your life. He will bring into your life the fruit of the Spirit, the joys of the Spirit, and the joys of following Jesus.